Chapter 41 The Vault Vandyatevan descended into the gloomy secret passage making sure every step was slow but sure and most importantly that he did not fall headlong into the pitch black void the stairs went down for a while then leveled out more descent level again he spread out his hands hoping to reach the walls but found none suffice it to say that this was a vast passage indeed a while later the steps ascended and then seemed to curve oh, papa how much further was he supposed to go how long was this path anyway and how long must he stumble along this inky blackness ah what was this now the darkness seemed to be retreating a little very faint light appeared to meet his vision now where could it possibly come from moonlight perhaps from somewhere in the roof chinks in the window of this massive hall or was there a lamp stashed away in a hidden alcove light escaping its prison no nothing of the sort why what sort of sorcery was this that met his eyes was such a scene truly unfolding in front of him or had his brain finally scrambled itself for good the mandapam through which vallavarayan was making his way happened to be built on a massive scale carved from the very rock and made into a fantastic underground chamber this explained why the ceiling was so low that it often brushed his head and as for the light it certainly was not errant moon or lamplight seeping through the roof or chinks in the wall no these strange rays came from something that lay in small heaps all along the walls on the floor or spread about in an untidy mess ah and what a sight they did make to be sure pearly beams danced off unearthly objects on the ground beautifully finished crowns set with gorgeous rubies emeralds and diamonds there on the other side chains of gold rich strands of pearls necklaces gleaming with the fire of precious stones and oh that large vessel now good god it was filled to overflowing with white pearls glowing with understated sheen like beautiful punnai buds large round heavy pearls gold coins brimmed over that pot in the corner glinting like the rays of the late evening sun here were gold bars why this seemed in truth to be the precious treasury of tanjay hardly surprising in that case that it lay concealed under a gloomy palace right beside the treasurer periyapalavetariya's own mansion ah and here vandyatevan had been led by god knew what good fortune for hadn't it been the combined grace of both goddess bhagyalakshmi and adrishta devadai lady luck that had brought him in here hadn't he learned of one of choranada's biggest secrets through no great effort on his own all that was necessary now was to divine how to make the best use of it forget that he didn't even want to leave this place all his desires devolved into a pinpoint weaving through these treasures hunger and thirst would turn alien to him he wouldn't even feel the urge to sleep what lay in front of his dazzled eyes were the fruits of over 100 invasions by thousands of chora soldiers the result of their sweat and blood he had heard monumental tales of their famed riches the navanidhis or the nine treasures and all of them seemed to be here at his very feet why not even kuberan the lord of all worldly wealth could hope to be the treasure trove such as this why on earth would anyone leave it all alone 
Vandyatevan wandered among the treasures, powerless to tear himself away. He fingered the delicately fashioned crowns in one corner, took up the necklaces that lay in another. The next instant he dropped them, strode over to the brass pot, plunged his arm into the pearls and watched as they dripped through his fingers, thunderstruck. He ploughed through another pot full of gold coins, gazing at them in wonder. Then he caught sight of something else that seemed to glow dully, spread out in an expanse in a corner and went to investigate it. It defied explanation at first and Vandyatevan bent down, peering at the heap. The next instant, he jumped away, stunned. Ayyo! Good God! It was a skeleton! A human being who had once possessed skin, flesh, blood, nerves, hair, eyes, face and ears and was now just a pile of bones. And, oh, it seemed to be moving. Was it coming to life? Was it jingling and jangling, very like the gold coins he had touched a few scant instants ago? Was it trying to tell him something? Every hair on Vallabharayan's body prickled with terror. Had he finally gone quite mad? Gee, of course not. The skeleton was as lifeless as ever. It was just a rat trying to ease its way out from under it. Here it is running over my foot. Ah, now that I see, the skeleton is quite still on the ground. But it is true, isn't it, that it's been trying to tell me something. Run away. Do not tarry here, for I too was a human being like you once, a living, breathing man. But I lingered here too long and died lost in this tomb. I am fated to crumble to dust. Do not repeat my mistake. Run, run! This bag of bones is perfectly right to warn me. Should I stay, I shall share its fate. I must leave at once. At once, for if I don't, I am done for. Vandya Devan tried to find a way out to no purpose. There seemed to be no path of escape. Neither could he find the way he had come. No matter where he went in this wretched underground vault, the demon of darkness welcomed him with its gaping maw. The corners were especially terrible. As for peering down... He felt as though he was slipping into hell itself. It seemed to descend forever into unfathomable darkness. The stairs he had taken must be around here somewhere. All he had to do was run into them. Vandyatevan wandered endlessly through the hall, hoping to stumble against them. On one of his endless circuits, he almost ran into a heap of gold coins. He stared hard at what seemed to be a web of some sort. Ah, a spider's web shiny and delicate, spreading its tendrils over the coins. Almost in spite of himself, it set off a train of thought within him. He had heard elders speak often of the perils of land, women and gold, of the way they spun complicated webs of allure, waiting for men to commit the gravest sins, much like a spider that awaits its prey. And a fly arrives from nowhere, fascinated by the trap and alights on it whereas the spider draws in its hapless prey and swallows it whole. Such were the three great temptations of mankind. They lay in wait so man would get caught in their toils and once he did, there was no escape whatsoever. As for Vandyatevan, strange indeed that he had managed to encounter all three the very same day. There had been the young queen of Padavur, Nandini at first, who had tried to ensnare him with a considerable beauty. 
Not satisfied with that, she had tried to overpower him with wily words about the Vanar dynasty's ancient lands and held aloft the vain hope that she might procure them for him. And now, here was the vast treasure of Tanjay enticing him with its gleaming, glittering attractions in a bid to swallow him whole. He had managed to escape with his wits intact from the first two. Now he would have to walk away from the third as well. After all, why must he concern himself with vast kingdoms, wealth and the lures of willful women? This great land with the sky as its marvellous roof was his palace in every way. And wasn't there a famous verse, a unique, fulfilling philosophy that he'd heard from his Tamil ancestors often? Yadum Mure Yavarum Kelir All the countries on earth are my home. Everyone here is my family. And in truth, the earth was his and its residents, his friends. What could be better than to visit them all, hopping from one kingdom to another of his own sweet will? He would spend his life travelling by rivers that overwhelmed their banks with fresh floods, glory in luxurious forests where trees sprouted new leaves in the spring and birds of every feather and colour flitted across the heavens. Gaze with delight at deer, peacocks, hills with summits that touch the very skies. Stand in awe by vast oceans as their waves crashed onto the shores. Thus would he live, eating what he could, wherever he found food, sleep where the urge overtook him. And this, indeed, was the sort of life worth living. And a wonderfully satisfying one it would be, too. Why on earth would anyone want to give up something like this so easily within his grasp and choose a life fraught with conspiracies, perils and desires that were more dangerous than death itself? Somehow he would have to escape this wretched chamber than the palace of gloom and Tanjavur itself. Never would he allow himself to be caught in their toils again. But wait, was that the sound of a door opening? Were those footsteps again? Oh, would there never be an end to the night's mysterious happenings? Nor the terrors, apparently. It seemed to Vandyatevan that the footfalls this time seemed to come from very far away and from different directions to boot. He sharpened his ears and listened as keenly as he could. His eyes cleaved through the inky blackness in all four directions, straining to see something, anything. And in a while, he had his reward. It was as though a kutu was playing itself on a stage set very far away and those acting their roles were minute figures upon it. From where he stood, Vandyatevan watched events unfold at a considerable distance on what seemed a slightly elevated plane. A torch appeared from one side of the kutu stage. Another shifted aside the screen and appeared from the opposite. The two grew closer and closer to each other. Two dark, hefty figures came to light in one, two more in the other. One of the latter was tall and majestic, while the other, petite and slender. The two parties approached each other ever more, and Vandyatevan's eyes almost bulged with the strain of identifying them. By dint of great effort, he was successful. The figures on the left were Kandamaran and his escort. The ones to the right were Periyaparavetariya and his young queen, Nandini Devi. What would happen, Vandyatevan wondered, when these two parties ran into one another? Some sort of catastrophe? Or would they meet in a convivial fashion and leave way for the other? He almost forgot to breathe as suspense gripped him, watching the two groups converge. 
Considering the way they stumbled about with some confusion, an unexpected meeting appeared to have been the last thing on their minds. Both parties seemed amazed and perplexed at running across each other in the dark. But contrary to Vandya Thevan's fears, nothing disastrous occurred. Periya Paduvetariyar asked something of Kandamaran, to which the young man gave an answer. Vallavarayan could hear none of their exchange, however. The Paduvur lord made some sort of sign and pointed towards the secret staircase, to which Kandamaran reciprocated by bowing low with deep reverence and proceeding towards said stairs. Periya Paduvetariyar watched him walk away and then made a gesture to Kandamaran's menial who still held aloft the burning torch. That worthy bowed in turn, accepting the command with his palm over his mouth. He followed Kandamaran almost at once, while the Paduvur lord and his consort went on their way to the left. All these events, almost like something out of a mysterious shadow tale or a fascinating street play, had happened within the space of a few moments, and Vandetevan guessed by the steps that led down to the underground chamber. Huh! <sighs> What a fortuitous coincidence then that he hadn't dawdled about by the staircase and had wandered instead into the chamber itself. What a terrible state of affairs would it have been if he had ended up between these two parties. Thankfully, that possibility had not come to pass and he was safe. Now what though? He would still have to find a means of escape. There was no doubt that Kandamaran was making his way back, having escorted Madhurandagatevar to his residence. He, Vandyatevan, had probably veered off his own course and ended up in the treasury. Following his friend now would doubtless lead him to the door that led outside the fort. And once there, he would come up with a ruse to bluster his way out. Why, he could even ask Kandamaran for assistance. Or if the worst came to worst, take him on and his servant in a bout. Either way, following the Kadambur prince was the best option now. The torch seemed to approach the chamber at first. Vandya Devan sucked in his breath and stood stock still. Then it seemed to move away and by its light, he saw the steps by which he must have descended into the vault. He went down them once again and climbed up with noiseless feet, making sure he kept the light in his range of vision, taking up the greatest care never to alert his friend of his presence. Up and down he went, marvelling at the curves and twists in the path, the dead ends and endless loops that seemed designed to confound anyone. Good heavens, no one could hope to follow it in the dark and make it outside safe and sound. Long live Kandamaran. But how and where would Vallavarayan ever repay this aid rendered unbeknownst? There was no way he could have guessed that an opportunity was about to present itself in a matter of moments. The end of the secret passage was in sight at last. A vast stone wall rose in front of them, at an impressive height. It was almost impossible to suppose that it concealed some sort of entrance, and yet, there must be one, mustn't there? Kandamaran's guide shifts his torch from his right hand to the left, places his free hand on the wall, and does something. He seems to twist some sort of a bolt. A cleft appears on the rocky surface, a thin line that grows larger by the moment, rapidly reaching the dimensions of a full-grown man. The guard points to it and says something. Kandamaran gives a reply and places a foot outside the door. The other is still within the fort. His back is now visible. But ah! What is this? The guard seems to be pulling out a small curved dagger from his waistband and... Good God! He stabbed Kandamaran! That wretched bastard! A scoundrel who plunges daggers in unsuspecting backs!
Vandya Devan darted out of his hiding place and sprang forward. The guard sensed moment and turned the same instant. The torch's flickering light fell full on Vallavarayan's wrathful countenance.